From best of San Francisco DDTV, The Pink Chill, and DD LaFrag. Hey, I've only lived in San Francisco for 30-something years. What do I know about it? San. Liberals? Mm. They're sadistic progressives. Francisco. This city is Junkies Incorporated. It's the Junkie Apocalypse. Damn. This ain't your phony soy boy San Francisco. This is the San Francisco Dam Zone. San Francisco Dam is a solo psychodramatic performance art storytelling podcasting platform. Hey everybody, it's San Francisco Dam. I'm Dee Dee LaFrac coming to you from the east side of San Francisco. The Tenderloin, I am not talking about Tenderloin Steak. I call this district Hell's Kitchen for very obvious reasons. This is your daily Kvetchathon. Yes, here I am Kvetching, your truth bomb for Friday, February 5th, 2021. Hey world, 36 countries and counting. I've got to give some special shout outs to Massachusetts, Alaska, Wisconsin, Florida, Georgia, Texas, and then my people in Australia, Germany, and England, and Nigeria, and Tokyo. Hey, everybody. So, first I will start with something positive before I get into this explosive bombshell of a podcast. The weather is unfortunately beautiful today. Wah! I want it rain. Because, for me, the streets are safer when it's raining. Unfortunately, this city has a junkie apocalypse. Hello, first-time listeners. This is all true. I'm not being sarcastic, although I am a satirist. I'm truthful here with this kvetch. It's a junkie apocalypse. Narcotics addicts, they have their run of the town. City Hall is allowing San Francisco to be used as an open-air homeless shelter. This started with the first round of draconian COVID-19 quarantine lockups when our mayor, I roll, allowed anybody to shelter in place on the sidewalks of San Francisco. As you can imagine, it's a disaster, okay? This place is like Gotham City. Oh, oh, all right, everybody. So let me get into today's show. It's a bombshell report about Asian, black relations and the crime. San Francisco Damn Daily Truth Bombs. No Namby Pamby permission necessary. Now, listeners, if you did not know, I am a biologically born black woman of the sexist, womanist, bohemian, middle-aged variety. I was not born with a penis, y'all. I don't have a penis. I am penis-free. Living here in San Francisco since the 1980s, so what do I know about race relations in this city? Unfortunately, and rest in peace, there have been some fatal crimes in San Francisco, particularly black against Asian crimes. This is about my third or fourth podcast about this topic, and the San Francisco Dam platform started April 2020. So this is not new for me, but it might be new for some of you. Unfortunately, some black males, uh, especially two, they, um, one pushed, he just ran across the street and pushed an Asian elder and the uh, gentleman died. He was in his 80s. And then another one in Oakland, black male just walks up behind an elder Asian male. 
pushes him down. I don't know if this gentleman died. And then a few months back, um, some black males were assaulting Asians in my district. Uh, one especially beat an elder Asian woman. I do have to say, I am not here to carry water for any race that does not reciprocate. I am here being a, I'm reporting right now. I'm letting you know what my perspective is and what I see. Now, my story about Asian relations. I am from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I came out here as a very young lady to create art. San Francisco is great for me as an artist. I've got welcomed. My biggest champions are men. That is true. Unfortunately, too many women either compete with me or appropriate my ideas or hang around so they could try to mate poach. I, I, I get a lot of support from men. Anyway, in Wisconsin, my mother, I was raised by my mom like a lot of black girls. My parents split up. They were married. Thank thank goodness. I would be so embarrassed if my parents hadn't been married. Oh, my parents split up and my mother was a primary caregiver for seven kids. Like place that around your head. Seven kids. And sometimes she would take some of us to Asian restaurants. Now, she wasn't in the house being racist about Asians. I have to give her credit for that because a lot of people were. And racism to me seems to be, maybe it's a worldwide thing. That's believing that you're better than another race, you're above them. She wasn't doing that about Asians, but I would see that Asians would be racist against black people. Now, just listen. I'm giving you my perspective, okay? We would go to restaurants. She'd take maybe two or three of us kids, and she was a Southern mother who was very strict. We were not acting up. No kids running around the restaurant, sitting there being polite. And she was a Southern woman from, you know, married parents, raised on a farm. So she had manners. And I noticed that we would get second-class treatment. Sometimes they would take a long time to bring our food, uh, take a long time to bring the bill. One time, my mom, she said, okay, kids, put your coat on. She, she, was, she was getting mad because she was putting her hand up, trying to get attention, and they were ignoring her. And then they rush over, oh, okay, we're going to, here's, here's your ticket now, just a substandard uh, second-class behavior, and I noticed in Milwaukee, uh, where I was raised, a mixed neighborhood, a lot of Asians would move in and have their little restaurants in black and mainly black neighborhoods. And I'm thinking, why are you moving in a, a neighborhood to uh, have a business with people you really don't seem to like? One time stood out um, for me, and also the beauty supply stores. Oh my God, such hostility in many Asian-run beauty supply stores. Some of you may feel uncomfortable by listening, but it's okay. Work through that because this is life. Okay, sometimes life is uncomfortable. Um, I was in a beauty supply store, and this was Milwaukee back in the day. These people were polite. They're not acting up. They weren't hip-hop. They weren't thugging out. Church ladies and their little granddaughters. And there was a couple, a man and a wife, and she wanted to get some items. And the person waiting on her was so rude. Everybody noticed it. Like, okay, we, we were like, okay, this is how these Asians are. They treat us like crap. And the husband lost it. He grabbed the person up by their shirt. And he says, don't you ever talk to my wife like that again. Don't you ever. I was like, wow. And then I went home and I talked to my mother about it. I'm like, why, why do these Asian people hate us so much?
This is sexist, womanist, bohemian excellence. It's the San Francisco Dam Zone with Dee Dee LaFrac. Of course, she didn't have the answer. And in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, I didn't notice black on Asian crime. I noticed black on black crime and I noticed black on white crime. Sometimes I would come across uh, black teenagers um, stealing somebody's purse, like elder white women's purses. And I would be like, wow, this is terrible. The first time I saw that, I was like so shocked. All right, everybody, pin in that. Fast forward, living in San Francisco. When I first came out to San Francisco, it was the most Asian people I'd ever seen in my life. This city is architecturally beautiful. It's on the Pacific Rim. So, of course, it's you know, big Asian population. And I was young and frisky. <laughs> and it wasn't the Asian black relations weren't so hardcore in the 80s that I saw. And most of the time when I was going out, going to restaurants, going to clubs, I'm with my diverse multicultural crew, or I'm with one of my boyfriends, and, and most of those guys were white. Yeah, that's right. I'm diverse. I choose people by their soul. I don't care about what color you are. I care about our basic compatibility. I like to let that be known. I don't do anybody favors. I'm not just going to date a guy because he's black and we don't share the same opinions and compatibility. I don't do men favors, period. So I didn't notice that much Asian racism towards me. But as the years progressed, it started getting worse and worse. Um, I'm going to share this and then I will get into some positive resolutions. We're allergic to free range, hyper allergic control freaks. It's the San Francisco Dam Zone with Didi LaFrac. And again, remember, this is a kvetching zone. I was in a laundromat. Laundromat used to be on Polk Street between Eddie and Ellis, a teeny tiny laundromat. And I went in there. I knew what time they closed, so I timed everything perfectly. I had gotten off work, went to use, uh, put some clothes in there. It was plenty of time. And the uh, male and female Asian owners who owned that place, they came, surrounded me, and started talking to me like a dog after I put my clothes in the uh, washer. Don't you, don't you take a long time drying. We got to get out of here. You better do this. You better do that. And people were looking at them like, what are you, what are you getting on this woman for it? And I knew they wanted to push my buttons. They, they, they seemed to be angry. Maybe another black person came in there and dehumanized them. Um, it hurts talking about this now, but this is what we have to do. We have to work through the hurt. And there was a black guy in there who said nothing. Now, as a black woman, that's very common that the black males are not going to come to our rescue uh, American black culture is pretty warped with the 50 years of mass fatherlessness. I've got to keep it real. When you have most of the children raised by their mom or grandmother, the mother and the grandmother are the fathers, it's going to be some lopsided anti-masculinity. So this black male just watched them treat me like a dog. I took it because my clothes were there and the washer was locked. I'm like, I got to get these clothes clean. These people want to start a fight. And three Arab guys came to my rescue. Three 
Arab guys. They said, what are you doing? She's a nice lady. She's coming in here, putting her clothes in the washer. She's not giving you any problem. What are you doing? They came to my defense against the Asian people. Okay? And I thanked them. I rolled my eyes at the black male. I got my clothes out of there. And I never went back. And they went out of business not long anyway. So I was walking around the neighborhood and I saw one of those Asian people who gave me hell. They came up and apologized to me. They said, I'm so sorry what we did to you. We just really needed to get out. We wanted to go home. I said, yeah, but that, you, that was racism. I said, you were being racist. Your apology doesn't mean much because you were just being racist. That was wrong. But at least they apologized. The hostility has risen. There are some um, neighborhoods on my block that I don't go into because they are racist against me. Mild-mannered woman who wears color therapy with excellent manners, who doesn't look like a freak. A friend of mine who is a black man, married to an Asian woman, by the way, very middle-class looking, we had went into this restaurant. We went for some noodles. We came in the door. The, the owner was dripping hostility. I'm surprised he just didn't start yelling at us and say, get the heck out. We were both hungry. And I looked at my friend like, what is going on? And we sat down and he was, he was hostile and he sent a waitress over. This, you could feel that hostility. All right. And white people come in. Hey, how you doing? Hey, hey, come on up here. Over here, over here, over here. Shucking and jiving. This is extremely common. Okay. And as an emotionally intelligent woman, I understood that he had probably been dehumanized by some other black people, but we weren't them. Where does it stop? Okay, where does that stop? So my friend and I ate our noodles. We gave each other that look like we're not coming in here again and um, left. And that same block, by the way, is the block that I personally advocated to accelerate the clearing of a junkie slum called Willow Alley. Now, Willow Alley is starting to be reinfested with junkies in the upper part of it, not in the lower part. And those people got helped by my advocation. In fact, I helped about 15 Asian restaurants by pressuring the city, by embarrassing the city, getting an investigative news team to come out and do a story about a junkie slum that was criminalizing Asians, robbing their stores, breaking into their cars, assaulting some of them, all right? Those people, those racists in that restaurant got covered by my advocacy. Thank you for listening to San Francisco Dam with Didi LaFrac. Remember to subscribe on Apple Podcast, Anchor App, Spotify, and wherever podcasts are found. And I do understand the racial dynamics. And I have to keep it real. I understand that many Asian cultures are racist against black Americans. They come to America with the racism about black Americans. That Asians have told me that. They told me how they would be raised. And I'm not talking about just Chinese people. I currently live in a building where I am the only black woman. I'm surrounded by Asians. I live in a microhood. I'm surrounded by Asians. I know a lot about different Asian cultures, and I have Asian friends. If I treated Asian people 
based on the treatment that I get from a lot of Asian people. I would be hating Asians. I'm, I have to keep it honest. I am an innocent person, and I get treated like crap by Asians who have got hurt by other black people. Where does it end? Where does it end? Okay? So now, we have a black mayor. She is not doing enough to call out the black community that is dehumanizing Asians. But again, I'm not here to carry water for dehumanizers. If you dehumanize me, I'm going to take you on a person-to-person basis. Here's what needs to happen. It's the San Francisco Dam Zone with Didi LaFrac. Because in African-American communities, there is an unfortunate fatherless epidemic. This has been going on 50 years. It's not the white man and it's not the welfare. It's just some black males don't want the responsibility to take care of children. Children cost a lot of money. Children take a lot of time. Some men just don't want to do that. And in African-American cultures, unfortunately, the black male is a coddled princess. We have to protect him from the police. We got to protect him from the baby mama. We got to protect him. I mean, when I say we, I'm not talking about me. But the point I'm making is 50 years of that, you've got the grandmothers stepping in as the, um, the fathers and mothers stepping in. It's been normalized that fathers aren't in the house. And when you have that, you have women coddling males. And in San Francisco Bay Area, there's a high wealth poverty gap. Okay, there are black people with money, and there are a lot of black people on the system in Section 8. And they're probably going to these little restaurants getting treated like crap by some racist Asians. So they're becoming racist against the Asians. So instead of squaring up with the Asians in the restaurants who are treating them like crap. So we have to keep it real, y'all, about this. They're taking it out on elder Asians. That's what happened, and that's what's happening. They're lashing out and attacking elder Asians when they probably didn't have the balls when they were in a restaurant getting treated like a crap by a racist Asian instead of confronting that person who treated them like crap. When does it end? How does it end? How does it end? Here's how I think. It may not end, but we have to have an open dialogue that um, Asians have to admit that they are teaching their children anti-black culture. Not all, but it's uh, pretty big, anti-black. All black people are not criminals, okay? I am not a criminal. I don't go into restaurants and stores and cause problems. In fact, there is a... um, Asian beauty store I used to go to. I say Asian beauty store. <laughs> uh, near Fillmore um, and Geary. Every time I went in there, they, they would have somebody tracking me, following me around. And then I would tell Richard about it. And Richard, I said, Richard, come in here with me. I want to see if they're going to do the same thing when you come in there with me. Of course, the white man said, go walk in there for a white man. Hi, sir. Hi, hi, hi. Shucking and jibing. The white man walked in. Hi, hi, hi. And then I walked in. Then they looked at me. And then Richard said, come on, D. And so they saw I was with Richard and they fell back. They fell back. Okay. They fell back. And that was the last time I went into that store. In fact, I told them why I wasn't coming anymore. I basically said, you know, I come in here all the time. You're following me around like I'm a thief. Uh, 
I bring Richard in here, and now you're treating me nice. Oh, no, we know who you are. You're a nice lady. You're a nice lady. Uh-huh. And that is so common. Why put a business in an area where there are black people, and you don't like black people? Why do that? To me, that proves that racism makes people really sick. If I was racist against a race, the last thing I would want to do is open a business in their neighborhood. I know I might be all over the place, and I hope you are following this story. So here is what I think needs to happen. I saw a video where these young black girls were trying to steal some plants. They need to have videos when uh, middle-class black people go into stores and the Asian people start treating them like crap. There are places in San Francisco I wouldn't even dare walk through the threshold because I know they'll treat me like crap. Okay? I love walking through Chinatown and a lot of the stores there are emotionally intelligent and they don't treat me like crap. I live in the Tenderloin. There are many restaurants I go to. They treat me like gold. They treat me like a princess. They were my friends. They coddled me when the late, great Richard Lefrac, my husband, passed away. So not all Asians are racist against black people, but too many are. And not all black people are racist against Asian people, but too many are. Okay? Too many are. I feel that London, the mayor of San Francisco, and Libby, the mayor of Oakland, they need to have press conferences, okay? They need to get the leaders of black churches in San Francisco and Oakland. They need to get the Asian community leaders together on the steps of City Hall or inside both cities, maybe have these press uh, conferences simultaneously and they need to call out racism on both sides. Nobody is the biggest victim here. Okay, nobody. I don't see Asians as bigger bigger victims of racism than black people. I don't. Because this is my perspective. Okay? Now, like I said, rest in peace. It is true that an Asian lost his life. A black guy pushed him. And what about all the racism every day that a black person, an innocent black person gets in San Francisco Bay Area, walking into a business, walking down the street. Sometimes I'll walk down the street and they will spit, spit, spit. And I'm supposed to have solidarity. I take my people on a person-to-person -person basis. Now, the Asian church needs to get involved. Asian people have to admit, yeah, we have anti-black. Uh, we're anti-black. Some of them have to admit we have, we're anti-black. We think all black people are crooks, and we're going to treat all black people like crooks. Admit it. And some black people have to uh, admit, yeah, we think that some Asian people are weak, and we're going to criminalize them because we think they're weak. Admit it. You can't heal until you admit it. Okay? I hope this made sense. I, I hope some healing can begin, and I want to reiterate, I take everybody on a person-to-person -person basis. 
I don't favor somebody because they're black. I don't favor somebody because they're white. I don't favor somebody because they're Hispanic, Indian, or Asian. I favor the soul and our basic compatibility. And I myself hurt because I know I am treated with racism by too many Asians in San Francisco for being nothing more than a black woman. The same as I know many Asians feel hurt that they get dehumanized by black people by being nothing more than Asian. Thank you, everyone, for listening. I appreciate it. You know I come to you every day. Go ahead and look at the show list. There are close to 380 San Francisco dams, mainly kvetching and demystifying this dystopian city. I love you. Guess what? I'm Dee Dee Laprac. I trust my vibe. San Francisco Dam. That's today's episode of the San Francisco Dam Podcast with sexist womanist bohemian Dee Dee Lafrak. Remember to join us tomorrow for another episode. This podcast is brought to you by our sponsors. Head over to SanFranciscoDam.com for more sponsorship information. Thank you for subscribing and listening.